All right, so brand new, brand new series. We are in Luke chapter 18. I'm trusting that you've already gotten there. Um, Luke chapter 18, we are starting a, a series called All In. So let's just talk first off um, kind of what, what we mean by All In. Uh, I shouldn't ask you to raise your hands, but does anybody here play poker? You're like, I ain't raising my hand on that. That's a trick question, right? So, um, okay, let's, let's, let's make it easier. Has anybody ever watched poker on ESPN? Okay, so you know, like, all in is when somebody looks at their cards and they're like, this is a winning hand, and they push their chips to the center of the table, and, you know, whoever is doing the count, if you're watching on TV, like, the people that are, how do you play by play on poker? But they'll do, like, play by play, and they'll be, oh, he's going or she's going all in, right? And, like, you just know when somebody goes all in, what they're saying is, I'm going to win this hand. No matter what happens beyond this moment, whether I win or lose, I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose or I wouldn't be going all in, but no matter what happens beyond this moment, I am fully committed to the moment, right? Fully committed to push my chips. Now, if you've ever played poker, the best people to play poker with are people who don't really fully understand the all-in moment. They're holding a pair, right, a pair of twos, and they're like, I'm all in. That's great if you're playing against them, right? That's how you take people's money. I'm not advocating poker. I'm just saying that's theoretically a great thing. Um, some of us don't play poker, so we don't fully understand that. I will say um, that we, we have uh, used this, this burger picture. Um, if, you've ever, if you've ever gone all in on a meal, if you've ever um, tried, like, you ever seen these extreme burger challenges? Or, like, um, if you go to Texas, it's, how much steak do you have to eat? It's like a whole cow in 30 minutes or something. It's crazy. You have to eat all this stuff. And if you're going to do something like that, you have to fully commit to that process. You have to, like, just say, no matter how I feel. Um, and it sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. As a matter of fact, like, next, so next week we'll hear more about it. We, uh, uh, Adam and I went down to um, Highway 55. Anybody like their burgers? Some good stuff. They have this thing called the 55 Challenge. And what it is is you have to eat 55 ounces of beef. It is um, six hamburger steak patties stacked on top of each other with a, with a piece of cheese on top of each patty. And then on top of that is their Andy's burger with some more cheese, a bun, four toppings, French fries, and tea. All the tea you can drink or all the drink you can drink, whatever you want. And you have to eat all of that in 30 minutes and it's free. And Adam said he would try it. And I said, and I'll video, right? Because, I mean, if, somebody, if somebody's going to try that, I'm going to video, right? So um, that video will be part of next week's service. We'll have that for you because um, we, learned, we learned lots of lessons, didn't we, during that day? Well, I'm, I mean, Adam learned a lot of lessons. I just videoed. Like, it's easier to say you're all in than to go all in, right? Like, you got, I'm all in. And then you, at some point you hit these obstacles, um, for him, it was about three patties in, right? And his biggest obstacle, I don't want to take your story away from you, but I found out that day that Adam does not like cheese. I mean, I think I knew it. And when you look at the picture, if you go to Highway 55, you should go. They have the best burgers around. If you go there and you look at the, the 55 Challenge picture, the poster on the, on the, in the window, it's just like this perfectly placed slice of American cheese. But what he got was like, I don't even, it was like a few patties with cheese every, it was like a cheese explosion. It was dripping. It was like the heart melting, right? It was like cheese everywhere, the pool cheese at the bottom, and he had to eat all of that. So imagine the, the, the one food that you hate, 
and you have to eat all that of it. It just like for me, it'd be peas. It'd be like, you know, peas. Ugh. Like I gave up peas for Lent, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I can't stand peas. It was an easy thing to give up for Lent and every other day of my life. So the point here is when you go all in, if you go all in on something, I can guarantee you that there's going to be a chance to go back all out. The minute you go all in, there's going to be an obstacle. And so in Luke chapter 18, we're, um, we're going to look at six passages in Luke 18, six sections in Luke 18. And all of them are these all-in moments um, that I think we as a church are definitely willing to take. But any time you go all in, there's always a chance to step out. I, I learned this, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Brownsville, the Brownsville Revival. Um, but it happened down at, um, at an Assembly of God Church in Brownsville. So there's Brownsville Revival. And, you know, like crazy things can happen when there's a revival. And the one thing I remember about Brownsville is, like, people would just start shaking. Like, whenever the Holy Spirit was, was, would fall and they would just start shaking. It was a little bit, when we, were, we were youth pastors, it was kind of like a little weird, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I used to get really hung up on that, like, why in the world? Like, what? I mean, God, can't you just show your presence some other way, like chocolate fall from the ceiling? Wouldn't that be great? Oh, the Lord's here. There's Hershey. Fantastic. But like, they would just start shaking. And I remember this from um, one of the days I was, I was watching the service online, and, um, and the pastor that was taking the offering, he got up and he made a statement that I thought was really powerful. He said, you know, as a pastor here, I get asked all the time about the revival, and I'm always asked the same question. Why are people shaking? And he said, I don't really have a good answer except for this. Anytime there's a move of God, there will always be something that gives you the opportunity to step away from it. That's powerful. When you go all in, there's always going to be an obstacle, something that says, maybe I should rethink that commitment. Maybe I shouldn't have fully committed to the burger challenge because they kept walking by saying to Adam, like, you got plenty of time. And I could just see it in his face. He was just like, I, don't, I could have the rest of my life. I'm not eating that cheese. It's not going to happen. There's always going to be an obstacle. And so this morning we're going to be in the first eight verses of Luke 18, all right? Does that set it up enough for you guys? Are you with me? Uh, so you kind of know what all in means. It means that we are pushing our chips to the center of the table. We have taken the challenge to eat all this. By the way, um, I meant to tell you this. The guy that manages all in told Adam, he said, if you break the record, I will give you $1,000, which, like, if y'all know Adam, if he needed any more um, incentive, that was it. He was like, oh, I'm getting that money. And then we found out that the record is one minute and 37 seconds. So Adam did not get $1,000. <laughs> right? And if it's really true. They showed us the video. They showed us the video of that while he was trying to eat it. It was fantastic. He's like, what? And it was like this, this woman who was like 125 pounds, and she would just like ball the meat up and slam it down. It, just, it was crazy. I don't know how she even survived it, but anyway. <sighs> Some of you are like, why are you still talking about that? I'm so hungry now. So Luke 18, um, we're going to be in the first eight verses. I'm going to read it to you. Um, today we're starting with being all in on prayer, okay? All in on prayer, Luke chapter 18. Verse 1, let's read it, and then I've got uh, just a couple things to highlight. So one day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Quick point here, have you ever read the Bible and said to yourself, I wish I knew what this meant? I love verses like this. You don't have to pray 
We don't have to seek the Holy Spirit like, what does this mean? Because Jesus said, I'm telling you something so that you will always pray and never give up. All right? So we know whatever the next eight verses, that's the point. That's what he's teaching us. We should always pray and never give up. Verse 2, there was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. I will just say this. I'm not going to do this for every verse, but you'll never care about people if you don't fear God. Right? So he didn't fear God, so he couldn't care about people. It always starts with our relationship with Jesus first. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I was just pausing because I felt like that really would resonate. Because all of us know what it's like to be driven crazy by people. And he said, I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Now, this widow would have been, she would have had no rights in that culture. She probably had no money. So you got to think, how would you feel if you had no voice, no power, no rights? You would feel helpless. You have nowhere to go. That's this widow. And she's, her only hope, check this out, her only hope is a judge who does not even care about her and doesn't care about, she can't even go, God wants you to help me. He'd be like, I don't care about God. She has nowhere to go. She's hopeless. And then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? I'll give you three highlights, okay, three real quick points about this um, that we get from the Scripture. Here's the first one. When it comes to prayer, no can be normal. Now, we have um, either bought or been sold a lie that if we really love Jesus, prayer is, one, easy, and two, always answered the way that we want, right? But no can be normal. I love this verse um, in, in Colossians 4.12. In Colossians 4.12, it says that there's a man named Epaphras, and the way Paul explains it is, he says, Epaphras always wrestles in prayer for you. Now, when I was in, I've only wrestled one time in my life. Any, any former wrestlers in the house? I'm just curious. Okay. Really? I didn't know that. I didn't know that Mr. John was a former wrestler. I had no clue. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, 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 re- re- so wrestling wrestling's a relative term, right? So, um, but you were a wrestler. That's crazy. So I wrestled one time in my life. It's because we were in ninth grade. It was gym class, PE, and we had a component like for a certain a week or two that we had to do wrestling. And so everybody had to wrestle. And so I, you know, how long do you wrestle before the? It's three minutes. Is that right? Is that something right? So three minutes. I think we had to do a three-minute segment. I've had counseling to forget, so I'm trying to recall it. Um, we had a three-minute segment. And I remember I stepped out onto the mat with some other guy who was maybe like a little bit bigger than me, and and whoever you know, they said go, and all I remember is like for I mean I was all in for about five seconds, 
And and then I, it wasn't that he beat me necessarily. It was more like I just, for me, wrestling just became, I just laid there for two minutes and 55 seconds and prayed to God it would be over soon, right? I mean, I, I was so, I, so, I was amazed at how fast you're tired. Like I had nothing. I had nothing to give. Literally, after about five seconds, I gave everything I had, and it was just like, Tap me out. You know, I just, just rolled over. You win. I mean, it was, just, it was terrible. And so when, when I read verses like that, that Epaphras, which, by the way, don't name your kid that. He'll be teaching in middle school. When Epaphras is always wrestling in prayer for you, can we just say right up front, this is very important. If you're going to go all in on prayer, prayer's not easy. He wrestled in prayer. There's an element of prayer that's like, oh, this is a little bit harder than I thought. And then on top of that, put yourself in this woman's position. Jesus is teaching us a prayer, a parable about prayer. So we'll always pray, never give up. And what Jesus is saying is you're going to knock, and that door's not going to open. And that that might be normal. For this lady, it was. Jesus said the point was that we would not give up, which means there are times that we're going to want to give up. Or he wouldn't tell the story. He wouldn't tell the parable. So in order for us to not give up, when it seems like nothing has happened, Jesus tells us this parable to prepare us for nothing to happen, which sounds crazy, doesn't it? It's like me calling a prayer, hey, we're going to have a prayer meeting. You should come. Nothing's going to happen. But in this instance with this woman, that's exactly what happened, nothing. It reminded me of um, some stories, 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 43 and 44. Uh, this is... Um, after the big showdown on Mount Carmel, and Elijah, uh, Elijah has gone um, up, he's run up to a mountain, and there's, there's no rain coming. And so he prays that God would send rain. He's the prophet, right? And so he has a servant. He tells a servant, here's what it says. Go and look toward the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go back and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. And Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will soon stop you. Seven times Elijah sent his, his servant to look for a cloud. Six no's before one yes, right? And sometimes no can be normal in prayer. Daniel. Daniel chapter 10, um, 12 through 13, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story of Daniel or not, but um, he's, he's praying and he's seeking the Lord and he ends up praying for 21 days waiting for an answer. And here's what it says. The angel appeared and said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven and I've come to answer your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia for 21 days. So there were 20 days of nothing before one day on the 21st day changed everything. Listen, you need to know this or you'll always quit, right? You'll always quit. You'll be, you'll, your prayer life will look like people's lives look in January. Right, when they pay, they, they waive the fee to join the gym, you sign up, and everything's going great for the first workout. And then there's never a second workout, right? Suddenly, that half full parking lot, you're just like, it's too full, it's too crowded. I'm not going back. 
Everybody goes to the gym in January. Not as many people go in February. No one's going in November, right? That's the way it typically works. And everybody's committed to signing up again the next January. Sometimes our prayer life becomes like that. Like, man, I'm going to pray. You're going to leave today motivated to pray more. I guarantee it. You're going to leave today. You're like, I'm going to pray more. And you need to be prepared that there will be a time that you'll want to quit. Because sometimes no can be normal. And Jesus is saying, don't panic. Don't stop believing. I heard it in my head. Don't stop believing. Okay, I thought some of y'all might have heard too. He says, don't stop believing just because you hit some resistance. Listen, there will always be a way out when we make the decision to go all in. And so in prayer, the potential way out is the silence that makes us feel like there's no response. So the question is, what what do we do then? And I'm glad you asked that question. Here's point number two. Moving past the no must become the new normal. Listen, this widow knocked and nothing happened. It'd be like you praying and nothing happened. Have you ever said the words out loud to a friend? Yeah, I pray. I tried that. Or maybe you thought it. You didn't want to say it out loud. I tried that. Nothing happened. I prayed and, and nothing's changed. That's this woman. She's knocking. She's knocking and nothing's happening. And so you've got to hear these words of Jesus again. He says to go all in on prayer, to always pray, never give up. Let me make this statement. We're really good at praying to the no. We're not so good at praying through the no. Well, I gave it my best shot. I prayed. Nothing changed. So I'm, I'm, I'm done. A lot of us can pray to the no, but can we pray through it? Let me ask you these questions. What if Elijah had stopped after the sixth no? His servant's like, I've, been, I've gone six times. No, there's no cloud. What if Elijah just said, let's pack it up? We tried. What if Daniel had stopped praying on day 20? What if this widow had walked away after the first few knocks? Have you ever, um, ever been a, well, I, don't, I was going to say, have you ever been, but it's probably not that common, uh, like door-to-door salesman? Like when you're, when you are, I did that for a summer. Oh, God. When you're, when you are a salesman and an introvert, you basically like, You need to run away, right? You, like, call your sales rep, and you're like, hey, I, I, I met my quota. How many, how, many, how many people did you see? Uh, well, nobody answered the door. <laughs> I didn't wait for them to answer the door, right? It's not really quick and left. Sometimes we do that, right? Not this woman, though. She kept knocking. She kept on knocking. Jesus anticipated these obstacles, and he wants us to as well. And So the no is not an out. The no is an opportunity to stay in. When it comes to prayer, the no is not an out. It's an opportunity to stay in. So the question is, how? So somebody say how. That was awful. Say how like we're almost done. How? There you go. That's right. I got some cheese for you. Faith can turn the no into a yes. So listen, we know that Jesus told this parable to the followers so that we would pray and not give up. So what keeps us from giving up? And the answer is faith. you got to have faith. Yes, I heard it in my head again. I'm not going to sing that one. Faith is what Jesus is looking for. And here's how we know. The last verse of this parable, he said, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Now, if you have the NIV, you might have it. It might be phrased like this. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? And so the whole point of this parable 
is that we would pray and not give up. And the key to praying and not giving up, and the key is to continuing to pray when you get a no, and you're like, I, no, I, I can't stop. I'm not going to give up because I'm going to move past that no. That's going to be my new normal. I'm going to move past the no. The key to doing that is faith. Faith. A lot of people can pray to the no, but we pray through the no because of faith. Listen, faith helps us pray through the no because we're convinced that God is moving even if we can't see it. If this unjust judge could move, Jesus would say, how much more will our just Father in heaven move? Faith believes that God hears, and so faith asks. Um, 1 John verse, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 says this, And we are confident that he hears us. Whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Verse 15, and since we know he hears us, when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. I, I was reading this, um, this in, in Luke 18 about the woman knocking, and I kept thinking, man, this sounds so familiar. I feel like I've read this before somewhere. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in true story. We're in Luke. We've been here for a long time. And it suddenly dawned on me, oh, back in Luke 11. So if you got your Bibles, you got your devices, whatever, flip or um, poke to, flip or tap to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, you, we won't read all of this. We'll be in verses 9 and 10. But what we find in Luke chapter 11 is Jesus is teaching the disciples how to pray, and so he teaches them the Lord's Prayer, right? And then after he teaches them the Lord's Prayer, he teaches a parable very similar to the one that we have here where he's talking about a friend asking a friend for something, and the, and his, the one friend's like, dude, it is so late at night. And when it's not quite like when we think late at night, we think I've got my onesie on. Right, and I'm in the bed, and I'm all snuggled up, and I don't want to move because, like, my bed is warm, and, like, you know, outside my bed is not so warm, and I don't want to move. But in this day, there was such a long process to going to bed that it wasn't as simple as just getting out of bed to go answer the door. There was so much that had to take place in that culture if you were going to get out of bed. And so in Luke 11, there's this story of a friend who's like, Please, I've, like some people showed up at my house and I need some bread. Give me some bread, please give me some bread, please give me some bread. And his friend is like, dude, go away, we're in the bed. But because what the Bible says in Luke 11, because of this man's boldness, his friend will get out of the bed, go through all of the routine that he had to go through to get out of the bed and then go back to bed to hand this man some bread. Jesus wraps that story up. In verse 9, by saying this, and so I tell you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Now, I'm going to read that from the, in the New Living Translation, which is what we have up here. Because in the Greek, the, word, the Greek word for ask means to ask and keep on asking. The Greek word for seek means to seek and keep on seeking. To knock and keep on knocking. So the New Living Translation brings that out, right? What does it say? And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Man, when you hear that, can't you just picture that widow, that desperate widow? It's like, I will not take no for an answer. Do you know people like that? They typically get what they're asking, right? 
and not because even the person suddenly agrees with them. If we go back to Luke 18, that judge does not say, oh, while you were knocking and I didn't care about God or you, I had a little mini revival in my house and I gave my heart to Jesus and suddenly I'm filled with compassion. What do you want? What he said was, this woman is driving me nuts. Just to get rid of her, I will give her what she asks. And he's an unjust judge. And what Jesus is saying is how much more? Well, our Father in heaven, who is not an unjust judge, who is a good father, how much more will he do for us what we're asking? Man, this is a parable that gives us all the confidence to go all in on prayer. For whoever asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Now let me just give you this really quick, and you'll talk through this some more in community group. Faith is not proven because you receive something. I'm going to say that again because some of us are being raised in a tradition where if you don't receive it, they'll say you didn't have enough faith. But Hebrews chapter 11 is the, is the, the chapter on faith, Right? And Hebrews chapter 11 talks about all these people who had great faith, and it ends by saying, and many of these who had great faith died without receiving the promise. Faith is not proven because you receive. Faith is proven because you ask and keep asking and keep asking. And if you spent the rest of your life asking God and died believing that he will do it, that's faith. It's faith. Do we believe that God will open that door? And if we do, man, we will ask and ask and knock and knock and never give up. The big idea says it like this. Um, sometimes prayer leads us to a no, but faith will always take us through a no. Um, maybe this is a little easier to understand. When prayer leads us to a no, faith takes us through the no. Even if he said no, you're like, okay, but then there's something else. There's something else. That's not the end of the story. There's something else. I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to keep asking. So let me ask you this question. What have you been praying for? What have you been praying for that you feel like that door's not opened yet? I don't know what it could be for you. It could be a loved one who needs Jesus. It could be healing. It could be peace. But let me ask you this question. What has made you stop praying? The fear that you aren't heard. Silence. The no. We know that this is a year at the gathering when we are believing God for miracles. We know that. And so here's the deal. If we believe that God's going to come through in miraculous ways, then here's what we also know. There's going to be tons of obstacles, tons of reasons for us to pull our chips back from the center of the table, tons of cheese dripping down the burger that just makes us go, ugh, it was a great idea, but I'm out. Do we believe that God will come through? Man, if we do, then not only will we go all in, but we will stay all in because the no can't be the end. The no has got to be the motivation to keep on believing that God hears and that God will act. And so we ask and we keep asking. We seek and we keep seeking. We knock and we keep on knocking because we know that that door will be open. That's what God desires for us. Will you close your eyes and, and bow your head for just a moment? Will you think about things in your life that you've been praying for? And very specifically in this room are, are people who 
You are like the widow. You, I don't have to convince you, you know, like what it means to, to start knocking. You've been knocking. You've been knocking. You've been asking. You've been seeking. And you feel like that door's not opened. And I want to pray this morning that, that God would fill you with an extra measure of that faith to say, I know that my God, just, just like I love how John wrote it in First John, we have this confidence that he hears us. And that if he hears us, at some point we're going to hear moving on the inside of that house and that door is going to open. And we're not going to see an angry, unjust judge. We're going to see the gracious face of our God who loves to answer bold prayers from his children. If you're here and you got a prayer like that, and you're, you're, you need to move past that no. Will you just raise your hand? I'm going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you that God fills you with that faith to pray through the no and see God move. Right now, Father, all over the room, these hands that are up, we're asking that you would, God, just move in our hearts, that they would not leave here convinced because I've preached it, but because you said it. That they would leave here convinced that 1 John 5, 14, 15, those are their verses, that I know that he hears me. And so I know that I will have whatever I've asked him for because it pleases him. That they would leave here knowing that in Christ every promise has been made yes. Because if you were willing to sacrifice your son, what else would you not do for us? And that they would knock and knock and knock and never give up. They would always pray and never give up. That they would be the people who would be so full of faith that they would, if Jesus came back tomorrow, the next day, or 10 years from today, he would find them faithful, knocking on that door, trusting that you will open it and you will do what you said you would do. For that, God, we will give you praise in your name, Jesus. Amen.